This is the story about... I want to do it, too. Okay, one, two... This is Precious Lives. Stories about kids. Teens. Teens. Guns. Guns. Yeah, we end the violence. Bye-bye. Because... Because, because we are precious. Because we are precious. I'm Eric Vaughn. This is Precious Lives. I'm Brad Lichtenstein. I'm the executive producer of Precious Lives. On Saturday afternoon, community organizations braved the rain to come out to Sherman Park for 300 Strong, a rally to support and encourage young black men. One, believe in the future that's ahead of you. People gave speeches, played music, and promoted housing and job placement. They also honored a man that we love here at Precious Lives. Come on, put your hands together and let's give Mr. Eric Vaughn a rousing ovation. On Thursday, September 8th, Precious Lives experienced a profound loss. Our host and producer, Eric Vaughn, passed away from a heart attack at the age of 58. His theme song, One Friend by Keb Moe, played as the crowd released orange balloons into the sky. All I need is Eric was a tireless community leader who knew everybody and commanded respect just by being Eric. He was a journalist with WNOV and WMCS before that. He started the website Brain, Brawn, and Body to promote black men's health. He was so many things, but maybe above all, Eric was a friend and a mentor to so many of us here in Milwaukee. To help remember Eric, I spoke with three men who called him a mentor and a friend. James Causey is a writer and columnist for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Jermaine Reed runs the foster placement agency Fresh Start Family Services. He also hosts Fresh Start Today, a show on WNOV. And Keon Jackson Malone is a community advocate and producer with WNOV. We talked about Eric's influence on each of them and what his loss means to the wider community. Keon, maybe you can get us started. How did you know Eric? Well, I met Eric maybe 18 months ago. I met him uh, while I was interning at uh, 860 AM WNOV. Uh, <laughs> there, there was a spiritual attraction. Uh, we're both honorary old men, so... <laughs> You know, it was uh, it was like that banter between us. Uh, he said something. Very, Eric was a very witty individual, and uh, I like to call him controversial. So when I met him, he had a comment. I had a comment. He had a comment. I had another one. Hadn't seen him in a couple months, and then he called me over to his housewarming and uh, invited me in to meet the family. And there, I began to notice an elite circle of individuals I had already met for the, in the previous two years that I was in radio. Uh, we began to form a bond with our witticisms. It was like a big brother. And then one day while working my second job, I got a text. You still working third shift? Uh, you available at six in the morning? And I said, yeah. You know, uh, and I became his show producer. And that's where we formed our bond, uh, and our, uh, relationship, uh, producing the Eric Vaughn Show for 860 WNOV. What about you, James? Uh, well, with me, it's, it's, 
I think a better question is when did you not know Eric Vaughn? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've known Eric uh, my entire journalistic career. Seems like uh, he's always been around. He's always been there for me as a mentor, someone that I could bounce ideas off of, and someone who I deeply respected. Um, I know his wife as well, uh, Faith Colas, who who's wonderful. And who was in journalism herself. Yes, yes. And who uh, was a member of the Wisconsin Black Media Association, which I'm the president of. This impacted me uh, hard. Um, uh, Eric is a man. Um, I I think the best way to describe it, he's more than a mentor. He was like a friend. Uh, He was my friend. And uh, to lose someone like that, I mean, uh, it's just it's just been very emotional, very hard. It still hurts my heart uh, to to a degree that I can't really describe in words. Um, he just meant a lot to me and a lot to uh, a lot of young people here who he inspired and who he got into broadcast and who he got into journalism. You know, Eric was bigger than uh, his radio voice. He he was the community. He was a heartbeat of the community and he wanted to see us all do better. And that's the part that I really want to come across to people. He wasn't just a guy on the radio who just uh, shared his ideas. He was a guy of action who wanted to see those ideals uh, turn into meaningful solutions. And I use those principles to guide me along the way in my journalistic career. And Jermaine, you're one of those people that he encouraged in radio. Yes, how, he did. How did you first meet Eric? Well, um, or how did you get to know him? Well, most of us know that Eric Vaughn was the essential voice in black radio media, whether we're talking about written radio or television. So, growing up, I've I've heard of Eric Vaughn. You know, didn't really have a lot of interactional connections with him, but um, being a young business owner, he interviewed me maybe seven years ago. May may have even been even longer than that, but. Um, he didn't know me, um, but he gave me an opportunity, you know, and so that was our first contact. And then several years passed, and I actually dated his niece. <laughs> so, and I didn't know that Eric Bond that. was her uncle. And so when I picked her up, and she said she was she was from out of town, and she said that she was um, staying here with her aunt and uncle, and um, she gave me the address on Washington Street somewhere, and so. Um, I said, oh, I said, well, who's your uncle and, and your aunt? She said, Faith Colas. I said, Faith Colas is your aunt? She said, yeah. I said, that means Eric is your uncle. She said, yeah. So she came out. I said, Eric Vaughn lives in that house right there? <laughs> and she said, yeah, you want to go in and meet him? I said, oh, no, I don't want to go in. I don't want to go in. Because he had this big persona. He was elite, you know? Right. And so um, – You were intimidated. Very much so. And so – and and long story short, but – um. It was like 7.30 at night, and um, it was already late. So I said, well, you know, um, I'm going to bring you back around 10. And she said, well, I'm, I'm grown. I'm 30-something years old. I, I said, you may be grown, but you're going to be at home <laughs> at 10 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, Eric, I had the greatest amount of respect for him, you know, um, and he's always treated me like a son, you know. Yeah. And um, So that's how I met Eric, you know. Yeah. You know, I met Eric uh, being on his show for the first time. It was about eight or nine years ago, I think, for, for one of my movies. I can't remember. And we started talking, and somehow we got on that I'm from Atlanta, and um, I know I, I'm obsessed with civil rights history. And he's like, you know a lot for a white dude. <laughs> he goes, you're all right. And so we went out for lunch or something right after. I, I think he was afternoon shift, so we must have gone out to get something to eat back then. That was at 1290. 
um, and just got to know each other. And you know, Eric Vaughn was the first phone call I made for Precious Lives. I called him the day that 1290 was switching over to Elvis and Frank Sinatra and whatever else it was. It wasn't going to be Black Talk Radio anymore. And he said, oh, Precious Lives is a great idea, but you can't really partner with the station because we're switching formats. And I was like, oh, well, maybe you should come do this then. And he was like, all right, I don't know what this is, but I'll do it. And that's how we became partners on Precious Lives. Wow. Yeah, go ahead, Ken. You know, you said something to Jermaine about uh, Eric being encouraging. Mm-hmm. Eric was very encouraging. He was an awesome connector oh, in the my community. God. Uh, That's why he was on his text all the time. All the time. Right? Um, you know, a lot of people try to hold their resources, and Eric never did. Eric, you know, um, always willing to help somebody, always wanting to show you a door to walk through to get to where you needed to go and had an opinion on how to make it, eat, how to do it easier. And but another thing he did too was um, he challenged authority, and right. even you know, yeah. like he challenged me on several occasions on some of my pieces, and sometimes I didn't like it, and um, you know, sometimes those um, those talks became heated. Uh, he got in heated arguments all the time with you know the mayor and aldermen and people like that, but that's because he looked at. You know, it wasn't personal. It was yeah. because he wanted the city to be better, and he challenged everyone to be better. Well, I think he's, he was equal opportunity that way. I mean, yes. nobody had a free pass. Right, right. And you can't give people a free pass, especially with all the issues that's going on in this community right now, and that's been going on for uh, quite some time. Giving passes is what we've been doing too long, and we can't do that any longer. And that's where that void comes in. Right. And, and I'm curious, and I want to know who's going to step in and help fill this void. He would want us all to step up and be the leaders that we can be, and not just rest on our laurels. It's easy to sit back in a city like this and just say the, the issues are too big. And just throw your hands up and just say, you know, we can't solve these issues over the next generation or decade or two. But if we do that, we're doing a disservice to our children. We're doing a disservice to this community and everyone else around. And I think the one thing people probably don't know about Eric, but he was so involved in so many things. So sometimes he overbooked himself. Sometimes, <laughs> so, all the time. So it, it was like you know, so, so you had to play by ear. You you're waiting see if you're going to hear from him because he will um, always have uh, a number of things going on. Sometimes at the same time, you know, Eric, I thought we were meeting at ten. Oh, I'm meeting with such and such at ten. Let me get to you at eleven thirty. And so that, that's just how he was. Yeah, so. I learned to adapt because it, yeah, it's actually my last conversation with Eric was the day he died and it was about 1.30 in the afternoon he was on his way to a meeting at our office at 2 o'clock mm-hmm. and he said Faith just called me she needs me over at the Salvation Army to take care of something with the vets so I gotta go do that and then he gave me an earful about parking in the third ward and how I should move my office <laughs> but yeah. at the same time you know he also started uh, educating me about relevant to another project about a uh, pattern of police shootings and abuse in Milwaukee since 1964 that I wasn't keenly aware of, you know, and that's like the thing, like you could go through this conversation and yeah. it'd be deep and then it'd be complainy and then it would be loving, you know, all in 10 minutes. Yeah. One of the things that he did too is uh, focus on men's health. We mm-hmm. realize that we have a lot of health issues, especially among African-American men with prostate, diabetes, and uh, cancer that exists in this community. So he created this magazine. Yeah, and heart disease. So he created this online magazine to focus on uh, men's health. And it's kind of ironic that 
Eric with his health problems would create a magazine like that moving forward. That's but, uh, brain, brawn, and body. Exactly. And what he wanted to do is, you know, challenge us to go get our checkups, do your yearly checkups. You know, one thing that as African-American men, we think that we can overcome a lot of issues and we ignore a lot of things. We don't go to our year, um, yearly checkups. We don't do the things that we need to do. But he challenged us to uh, that is the manly thing is to go get checked up. Right. That's that's what we need to do. And so. You know, health is such a huge issue, and especially in this community with stress and the stressors that we under, that that's one of those lasting legacies that he's leaving behind. And I want to challenge all men out there, regardless of your of your race, to go get your yearly checkup. And that, that's such a great example of Eric, I think, because, you know, he started that thing with nothing and brain, bond, brawn, and body. And then he was able to get Aurora eventually to get behind it and really increase the capacity for that website to reach people. And then he did that health fair. We had started communicating on the 8th of September via text, and he wanted me on the man show the next day. He wanted to inform me that Ayala Van Zandt had got back in contact with him about a wellness event. And so he said, Jermaine, I really need you to spearhead this project. And we talked about that, and we had several forms of communication, emails, texts, and phone calls on the 8th, the 7th, and the 8th. And my last email from him came at 2.52. Um, and so his passing, I mean, in that conversation, there was so much that Eric had gave to me in that brief interaction that I didn't realize maybe was his way of saying goodbye. You know, he mm-hmm. talked about a show we did on Wednesday on, on the talk show that I host. And he said, you know, I want you to keep that up. Um, the issues that you're challenged, that you're raising, these landmine issues. He said, you know, your show is gaining momentum. Um, just just stick with it. And um, looking back, you know, maybe that was his way of saying, you know, you, you're on the right path and keep going. So, Ken, what about you? What's the void you feel like Eric has left us to fill? His personality, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the sweet, and the loving is all, mm-hmm. it, it attracts you. Like Oscar the Grouch, every and that was my favorite uh, Muppet. You know, he was like that guy that he enjoyed uh, banter. You know, he could be grouchy. Yeah, he t- <laughs> and he'd tell me, you know, when I first started, you know, there's a respect factor. You know, his his character, you really respect him. So, you know, there were certain conversations or certain you know situations that I wasn't comfortable, uh, you know, bantering with him, and he get off mic and say. You know, it's all right to disagree with me. You know, makes for great radio. And he loved it. Uh, one thing I do, I, I always admired about him was his ability to not let his opinion dictate his interview. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how he felt, he had a certain way of making people comfortable enough to even be able to uh, uh, explain their issues or whatever they're explaining better than they thought they would. He had a way of bringing out the best in people. Yeah, I think he had the uh, he had created such an atmosphere that whether you were a Democrat or Republican politician, whether you were one side or the other of say school choice, whatever the controversial issue was, going on the Eric Vaughn show was okay with you yeah. because you knew you were going to be treated fairly. What do you think we got to do to move forward, Jermaine? One is we got to be able to first just deal with the reality that Eric is gone. Yeah, that's hard to do, and it's hard to do. Take your time. 
James, do you want to jump in? Yeah. Um, talk about tough. I know it's tough. When I got the news, I, it, it was one of the hardest uh, stories I had to write. Um, but we, we can't stop uh, because if we do, we, we're doing a disservice to his legacy. Uh, last Monday, Eric came to my office with Faith. Eric didn't seem like he was doing too well, and I had asked him how did he feel, and he said he was all right. He was just a little tired. I said, Eric, I said, man, you got to slow down. You got to take it easy. And he said, I can't. I have so much to do. And I said, yeah, man. I said, but if you don't take care of you, I said, then all that stuff is going to go undone. He said, Jermaine, your fear of dying cannot be greater than your desire to live. I got stuff to do. And that was just three days before he passed. Mm -hmm. And hopefully in my living and the work that I do, I will be able to bring honor to his legacy. My last personal encounter with Eric was we went to breakfast Thursday to to meet about a um, a youth brainstorming conversation that was to happen on a Saturday behind the 300 Strong event at uh, Sherman Park. And one thing he left with me was let's work on the results and not continue to state the obvious, you know, uh, solution based. Let's work on the results and not have as many conversations about the problems. You know, the thing about Eric that strikes me is, you know, he's not he's not like a person who gets up on a soapbox and he's not a leader that way. It's really that kind of, as you put it, connector and bringing people together and kind of deciding who can play what role, whether it's black men's health, whether it's working on segregation, whether it's a jobs fair, whether it's talking about, you know, the importance of voting. It wasn't his style to go march in the street necessarily, Mm -hmm. although he'd be there if he needed to be. It was his style to figure out how are we going to solve each of these issues? Who would be great to plug in here and there? And, and working behind the scenes yeah. And, yeah. And, and making sure people had the right connectors. Yeah. Like, you need to talk to this person yeah. because this person could get this done. I feel like half the people I met in Milwaukee, I yeah. met because of Eric. Because of Eric. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know we could talk forever and, and hopefully we will talk forever yeah. about Eric. Um, but I want to thank you all for coming in, sharing your impressions. Thank you. At the 300-strong rally, those orange balloons for Eric drifted towards the sky. As they did, the clouds lifted and the sun came out. Eric has touched a lot of lives here in Milwaukee, and like many, I will miss him dearly. For more about Eric, please find a link to James Causey's Journal Sentinel tribute on our website, preciouslivesproject.org. Precious Lives is produced by 371 Productions in association with WUWM, WNOV, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and the Wisconsin Center for Investigative Journalism. We're supported by the Isabel and Alfred Bader Fund and the Greater Milwaukee Foundation. Music by Kiran V. 